0: The story. dude. Um, Whoa. What? (laughs) (laughs) We've been infiltrated. Who was that person?
1: (laughs) That must be a new feature on zoom. Uh, So I can't sneak up on you anymore.
0: Uh Aha. You know, I talked to the zoom people and uh, we've Is this after,
1: after you just got done creating text messaging?
0: Yes. I was just telling Barry that I, oh, Welcome to Over 50 Starting Over. I'm Merle Garrison.
1: And I'm Barry Edwards.
0: Uh, see, hey. we changed
1: it up again. Hey, I uh, had to think. I almost said I'm Merle Garrison. Uh,
0: I know. That was so weird doing that. I almost yes. didn't know how to say it, but uh, <laughs> it was great. Hey, so yes, uh, we were talking about text messaging okay. uh, right before the show, and I was telling Barry I was sorry that I invented that, and uh, you were kind of blown away by that, but uh, in- The 90s, I worked for a company called Skytel, and we introduced the first two-way pagers to the market, and nobody wanted those. That's a fact. We were telling people, but you can text message, (laughs) and nobody wanted them then. Who cares about text messaging? Nobody does that. We just send a one-way message for cheap. And so we had to really educate the Fortune 500s of the country on the benefits of instant messaging and getting messages back and forth. And we really picked out niche markets. Uh, We would pick on org org charts and we would look at Fortune 500 companies and we would pick a part of the organization like, uh, like the IT organization or the sales department. And then we'd find niche cases where we would figure out how a giant return on investment could happen by making their processes more efficient. And that's how we introduced text messaging into the market. Well, nobody called it text messaging back then. It was called two-way paging. Well, it was interesting that at the time we were introduced to, uh, I was working for Skytel, which was a very innovative company at the time. They introduced us to a book called Inside the Tornado. Inside the Tornado talks about a, a bell curve when you're introducing a, a new product to the market. And so the the at the beginning of the curve, at the low end, is where you find your people that ride or live on the bleeding edge of technology they're early adopters they'll they'll pick that product they'll they 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 don't mind if it's not completely finished they uh that's that's what they do they actually sometimes help develop the product so those are the people that we were looking for we were looking for that niche they're usually willing to pay a premium for that uh type of product well, once it gets introduced at the bleeding edge, what starts to happen is it's it starts to come into uh, uh, more of a common experience. More people are starting to see this. The most competitive companies are getting that competitive edge. Soon it starts to become a much more popular product, a much more popular uh, um, uh, offering that the, that the general public starts to see as something that they can adopt as well. That's when much more purchasing of the product happens the pricing starts to go down now you're starting to get to the top of the bell curve and on your way down that's now it's entered into mainstream prices goes down on the way down from the bell curve what happens is so many people adopt this at the price of the product actually becomes free and so this is what we've seen is uh, the evolution of paging turned into cellular and that became more affordable. They they adopted that two-way paging technology into cellular. You didn't always have text paging and cellular. That's how it got adopted. And it became a free offering on top of your, your cell phone. Now, as a result... Nobody will look at you. People walk down the street. They're constantly glued to this device. They won't look up. They walk out into traffic like this. They drive their cars like this. And that's why I said, I'm sorry, I invented that.
1: Mm. Yeah, I keep saying that uh, I think that the younger generation is going to be like, you know, if we could just talk into this thing, wouldn't that be a lot better, easier? (laughs) I swear it's <laughs> got to come full. circle. I don't understand the obsession with texting. I really don't. It's like uh, it's it's
0: like uh, crack crack cocaine. It's it's oh. addictive. Uh, people can't stop doing it. I mean, you could be having the most intense conversation with somebody. And then suddenly, boom, they're squirrel, you know, you 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 lose them and they're caught in their own little world over there. And Mm. I I don't I don't know. I mean, it's it's a phenomenon as far as I'm concerned. I've never seen anything like it.
1: No. Hey, I got to tell you about what happened to me yesterday, especially over the last week. So you remember last week I told you, oh, I already got my first flat, right? Uh, Bike riding. Uh huh. I've had three, three more since. Last week, <laughs> you're uh, you're on a, a streak now for a record this year. Well, so at this point, it's like, okay, what's up with my bike? It's always the rear wheel, and uh, you know, I needed to take it. I do most of the maintenance on my bike myself, but. Boy, there's certain things like the the fine tuning of the gears and the stuff with the tires. If the tire starts to get a little wobble in it or the something, the truing of the spokes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that, that's you, a,
0: you need a. I tried to true mm-hmm. my spokes before. Yeah. That you need a professional for that. So
1: I have over the week, I'm like, you know, th- the same dilemma has faced me for two years, where I'm like, I need a backup bike, because you always got to take your bike in for some period of time. Yeah, that's true. And, and I mean, such a it, bummer. It's, yeah, when it's nice out, I I, yeah. I, do not want to get my car at all, you know, not at yeah. all. I can you know, relate. So I've been looking for a backup bike thinking, you know, ideally, I would like to spend like $300 and buy a, a really good used bike on OfferUp or, you know, I told you what a scam that is, but uh, <laughs> something like that. And, you know, during COVID, this whole time, uh-uh. You can't touch a bike. You can't get them online. Isn't that Amazon. something? Yeah. 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 I mean, even Walmart with those crappy bikes. Like, isn't that the thing about Walmart? Like those bikes yeah. look great.
0: Yeah. Yeah. For $60, you can get <laughs> this fabulous bicycle.
1: It looks like it, but there are Literally like sit on 80 it pounds of stainless brand, steel. Bands, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I broke it with my butt. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's so, yeah, you got to know uh, what a good bike is. So. And in trying to get mine fixed in a reasonable b- amount of time, same thing. People are like four weeks and stuff like that. I know. Well, so, I, you know, I'm That's trying like, to stay in the neighborhood. It's huge. Yeah. yeah. So I I look up Eddie's. It, I don't know if you remember Eddie's bike shop. I do, actually. There's a, one on the west side. Yeah. There's one in Willoughby. Big bike mm-hmm. shop. They specialize in truck and specialized bikes, uh, which are great bikes. I've always loved specialized. I've I, always wanted one.
0: I like both brands, actually.
1: Yeah, I had a truck before, but yep, I always yep. wanted a specialized. Well, I got one, kind of. Yep. Kinda. What? so I call them up. They're like, yeah, bring it in. You know, it's first come first serve, but it, it'll probably be about a week. And so I'm thinking, you know what? I have been looking at these bikes online uh, the specialized Cirrus series is right where I want to be. And so I go there, s- big signs everywhere. Sorry, but uh, lack of inventory due to COVID uh. blah, blah, blah. But they wow. got electric bikes out the wazoo. And they sure do. Yes. And one of these days I'm going to be going that route as I get older, you know what I mean? And to take yeah, hills. Yeah. Cause you can, they just have as much assistance right. as you want, but no kidding now. Um, so anyways, I'm, I'm talking to the guy, bring my bike in, uh, give it to them. They're like, yeah, man, it's the, the thing with your tires, probably the truing of your back tire will take care of that. Cause it's the spokes are probably affecting your tire. Wow. Uh, and so, uh, I, I give them my bike and I'm talking to the sales guy, if you want to call him that. And he's like, nah, we got in a, a bunch of these bikes, but boy, they go right away. And he's looking at his list. But because I was looking at the Cirrus two, which is right on par with my James, like a $750 right. bike. Right, and right. Um, he goes, but we have one Cirrus three extra large in. And I'm like, which is another step up in quality. Mm. I like, I bought it. I bought it. So how they have, exciting. Yeah. Almost. Almost. Wow. So yeah, my intention was to drop a bike off and come home with a bike. And, right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right, right. Right. So uh, the, with the sealed, the deal is that they have a one year of 0% financing. And, uh, now if you know how that gig works, if you don't know how it works, I want to tell you guys how it works. So you got the whole year to pay it off. So pay attention to what you're doing, because if you have any balance whatsoever at the end of that year, you will then get retro charged all the interest on that full price from the full price from the beginning. Really? Yes. So anyways, I know that scam. So, I'm just going to set up the auto payments in my bank. So right. each month so I'm, I'm going to make sure it's one hundred dollars a month. And I'm going to make sure that a month before I'm going to set a reminder in my calendar that a month before I'm going to make sure it's fully paid off.
0: Why? Just that's, in case. that is uh, that's quite a thing, Barry. I mean, because, mm-hmm. you know, depending on what you bought, that's a that could be a big charge right there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So it's a beautiful bike, yeah. um, from what I remember. Because, uh, what? It, so I come out <laughs> a lot lighter in the wallet and right. no bikes. How, how I supposedly own two bikes? They, <laughs> what, they do, what they do, what they do. And it was the last bike, a uh, regular bike that they had, man. I got right. so think I got lucky. But, um, so before they give you the bike, they put it through there. They had this really great, um, shop right in right. the, right in the studio. So it's kind of like uh-huh. where you go to a nice restaurant and you can watch the kitchen. Yeah. They have a big shop. That's like that. Oh, cool. And so when they sell you a new bike, they put it through the shop, you know, uh-huh. they, they fine tune everything, make sure it's tuned up and perfect for you. And this kid comes back to me, you know, I'm waiting 15, 20 minutes. And he comes back to me and he's like, you know, I was uh, redoing the derailleur and there's this part here that screws, uh, uh, fastens it somehow. And it's kind of stripped. I don't want to give it to you like that. So I've already ordered one from our Stowe store and it's going to be a couple days. So I'm like, so, Uh, you know, over the weekend now it's a holiday weekend. We won't even be here on Sunday because we'll uh, be out, you know, with the family. uh, Ah, I'm probably going to get the whole purpose of putting that money down, which way more than I wanted to, by the way, is to have my backup bike. Yes. At this point, my Jameis is now going to become my backup bike. Well, yeah, eventually I'll get, I'll have two bikes. So, <sighs> but in the meantime, oh, hey. yeah, that, that didn't work out the <laughs> Not way at that, all. uh, I so would have Lisa liked had, so I planned on taking the whole day off yesterday. It was beautiful. And I planned on riding that new bike all day. <laughs> Lisa had me out in the yard doing uh lawn work, trimming and pruning and everything all day. Wow. This really backfired on you. Wow. That <laughs> really that, did.
0: What a, what a turn of events. I mean, I, I can, uh, I can, I could feel the, the, the wind in my not yeah. hair, but uh, you know, yeah. I can feel that whole, Oh, what a bummer. You know, okay. And, wow. But the
1: moral of this story is it, you know, yeah. Every cyclist, somebody that enjoys cycling like you do, you need more than one. And yeah, you do. Like it's kind of nice to have a mountain bike for your urban assault vehicle. Local, you know. Yes, yes. It, it kind of is. But I got another hype. I got another hybrid. Uh, oh, you did. That's I great. just do. Yeah, I just do long extended uh, yeah, bike rides. You know, it's perfect and for you. It is so. Eventually I'll get it in oh, the world to be whole again. And, uh, but this COVID thing, geez, man. I, and I asked him like, when do you expect for your stock to be, uh, picked back, you know, back to normal. And, uh, cause I said, I thought by now it would be, he goes, yeah, yeah. the estimates are like another year and a half.
0: Year and a half. Yeah. What, what,
1: why? Why is that Did They, they said something about imported parts. There's something yeah. about imported parts that has something mm-hmm. to do with it. And the other is just the, the bike manufacturers run lean and mean. There's right. traditionally right. only so much of a demand. And so you can't uh, put more out into the market than the market will support. And I don't know. You know what I think? I think by the time things get fully back to normal, it's like you were talking about with dogs and stuff, Mm -hmm. (laughs) people giving back their dogs, which is horrible.
0: I think people are going
1: to be selling bikes, use bikes like crazy. And then you're going to then you're going to get your sweet deals right here from now.
0: Right, right. You know, uh, I it's interesting. I had my bike at the uh, bike shop for a tune up. And uh, they were like, oh, it's going to take, you know, about a week and a half. And I'm thinking this should take uh, 45 minutes. What are we <laughs> talking about here? So, yeah. And I noticed that my the bike shop. So I've got there were three bike shops in my neighborhood that I could pick from, and now there's only one. And of uh, COVID, yeah, are, yeah, yeah. C- I, which is you know why? Because, because they're getting bike free, shops. They're I getting free money.
1: They're getting free yeah. money sitting at home. That's why.
0: Well, this is a problem because, OK, so I'm glad you brought that up because. Well, I we're not work,
1: going into current events because I got to show. No, 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 I no. Do, I, okay. went
0: to, I went to the bike shop and then uh, but I went there. I took my car to the car wash and then I walked over to the bike shop. Did you bring Hallie. Yeah. No, I was by myself. And um, I <laughs> to the car wash. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, why just that? No, she's, she's over that now. <laughs> um. And I, I was in there, and I was noticing that the place looked like it was torn up. Like, where where is all the product here? Uh, so yeah, I'm seeing that too. But then I, uh, but when I was at the car wash, they were like, uh, we're, we, I just got in, and they were they had been closed for an hour and a half. And I'm like, what, what what's going on here? And they said, uh, we, we just don't have enough people working here. And th- this is really happening, you know, like oh, yeah. you just said, is that they can't find people to, to work because they're getting paid too much to come to work. So
1: that will tie into now can't of that, that get I have.
0: stuff done like, you know, it's yeah. uh, it's it's really crazy, but it's a it's an impact all over the place.
1: But yeah. You know, I, it, yeah, I know. That would have been a perfect segue, but I did promise I promised last week that I would uh, talk about Buffer doing automated social social media scheduling for your business, and now I got to make sure that I share the right thing. So uh, to back up, and you see my whole screen, Merle, too, too? I do. Okay. Yeah. So our one of the biggest problems, uh, challenges that we have as business owners, especially real small, lean, and mean business owners, is getting our stuff out on social media, which is our main means of marketing these days. And so if you're, if you've ever tried to keep up with doing it on your own, on your phone, or whatever, all any day, all day, two traps there. For one, it's too time consuming. The other is that you get lost. You end up getting sidetracked into the social media trap. So it's not an efficient way to go. What is a good efficient way to go is buffer buffer is a uh, online utility that you can purchase for a single person can purchase this as I did for $140 for a year. And uh, it will allow you I believe up to eight channels. So I have if you see here, Twitter, I have three Facebook Pages And that would be my, my personal, my Edwards communications and over 50 starting over. Okay. And, uh, oh, so yeah, I yeah, see the three, these are the three right here. And, uh, then LinkedIn and in LinkedIn, uh, I also have in there, uh, over 50 starting over as well as my personal in business. And, uh, and then uh, that's Pinterest. And then this is Instagram. Instagram doesn't work that great just because of the way they post. You do, I just let warning you, you do have to do an extra step. It'll actually, when it's ready to post, when it uh, hits its schedule, it'll ping you on your phone and say, go post this to Insta. open up Instagram and post this. So there's that. The rest okay. is completely automated. I want to show you how I do it that makes it kind of easy. I like I start I use the same format all the time. I go to an old uh, an existing post such as this, I copy it. Mm -hmm. And I'm just going to save and then so here's how you make a new post. So this is my website. And with my website, and hopefully yours is fairly similar. I have both a blog, which is my news mojo, different kinds of stuff under there. And I have my case studies. And what I like to do, go to view all case studies. I open up my blog, a bunch of pages of my blog over here in tabs. And then a bunch of case studies over here in other tabs. And I like to mix them up. All right, I, because if you're doing just case studies, hopefully you have very interesting case studies that people can identify with in your industry, um, but too much of it can look like spamming. So you wanna mix it up with like your blogs and stuff like that. Uh, so like a reputation management 101. And I tell you all about that. Got a little video here. And so let's take a case study. I haven't done this one yet. So I'm gonna do this okay, this one right now. And I'm going to just, what would you like to share? Boom, put this in. I'm pasting the one from before in here. Right. I see that. Now I take this link out that I put in, see, it says full article. See, I, I, this, I type this all myself. I, I like to put ha- uh, dashes around the heading because it doesn't come in like big and bold as you mm-hmm. would wish. It just comes in as type. So this makes it look. Oh, a I got you. It
0: sets it off, right?
1: Yes. Yes, exactly. Uh, so this is all just my techniques that I've developed over time. This is not any buffer standard. It's a berry standard. So I type in, this is just me again, a full article, a couple dashes, and then that carrot right there for a clever little arrow. I put the article in here. Let's get rid of this existing link that was from before, because now when I come over here and I click a copy this uh, URL. I paste it in here. And now it's linking up. Oh, cool. Mm -hmm. So then your hashtags are important so that if somebody is following branding, or corporate identity, or lead generation, online marketing, whatever, that these will more likely show up in their feed. Ah, Um, Okay. So then from here, I customize these links. So let's uh, finish this off. First of all, full page magazine cover for the Cleveland ad association. So let's replace this title. And uh, then I have some uh, excerpt descriptive stuff. I took this photo in Little Italy uh, from and all of that. And let's uh, I put the dot 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 at the end so people know that, by the way,
0: a- that's a great photograph that you took. I Oh, I thank you. That 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 is a really cool
1: that's book. a photo illustration. To be honest, I took that in 2000, like around 2001. And yeah. that's Little Italy. That bike just happened to be there. And that's like perfect that it was there. It is perfect because I mean, it looks, looks like, like it looks
0: like it's in Italy. Yeah, right. Exactly.
1: Yeah. So the the megapixels were so small at that point—a point, 1.6 megapixel Olympus camera, like our phones take something like 20 megapixels now, you know, <laughs> right. So right. I had to blow this up because print uh, to print something takes a lot of resolution. So I had to blow this up and then use a bunch of illustrative tricks on it in order to make it look nice. And it, wow. it turned out great, but thank you. So I put the excerpt in here. And of course, I already replaced that link. Now, let's see, I'd like to have Cleveland in here. This is Yeah, this is uh, something to do for nonprofits and not for profits. Mm -hmm. Um, Not really startups entrepreneur, I like to stay in their branding, but corporate ID, not really, but magazine cover, I love doing magazine cover art, Mm -hmm. Um, nonprofit web design, no lead generation, no Uh, And not really online marketing, but that's such a catch all for me. I'm going to leave that in there. And so now what I have to do is I have to custom, I want it to go to all of these channels. And, but they all take like Pinterest always asks you, where do you want to put this? And I'm putting it under magazine design. Mm -hmm. All right. Pinterest is the only one. They all work a little differently. So now at this point, let's copy all of this. It's, uh, let's uh, paste it down here into uh, that's, that is Instagram. And okay, it did come over it wants you got to make sure that you pick the photo to go with it LinkedIn very much, pretty much exactly like Facebook. So this is
0: you're, you're doing it. It's like asking you to format it for each one of these uh, platforms because they
1: have like some, a little, a
0: little different nuances.
1: uh There you go. Got it. So now Pinterest uh, pick that photo. Uh, And this is telling me too many characters. So I have to delete some. Let's just uh, take out that much. Okay. That one's good to go. Now I saved Twitter for last because (laughs) that Twitter, you only get something like the 165 characters. So you got to really delete a lot of this stuff. And I'm just uh, going to take this down to here and (laughs) more. Sometimes you just got to go right to only the, the, the title. And right. OK, I mean, that's oh, and yeah, now pack my that's photo. Yeah. Yeah. Twitter is such a pain. That's why it's such road rage, too, is because you have such it's not long form conversation.
0: Right. So something
1: right. must right. not be right yet because it's not letting me add to the queue yet. So let me check it out. I don't see anything wrong here. This has a little um, exclamation point. So what's that looks fine, though? Um, please include. Oh, please include the destination without the link shortener. This is again, Pinterest has its own uh, stuff. So let's put this, and then you gotta enter the destination here for Pinterest. Now I can add to the queue. And that is that folks. So it's it's scheduling it. And so I have all of these scheduled and you can see by dates how f- scheduled out I am. I have it programmed. You can go to settings, wherever settings is. Um, right there, and tell it how many a day, oh, shuffle the whole queue if you want. And I, I automatically use the link shortener because those big long URLs just take up your character space mm-hmm. and are very distracting. Mm-hmm. And somewhere in here, I have it set that I post two a day from here. So uh, that is how, let's go back to the queue. And I want to see if you have any questions. I oh, So,
0: I, I had a comment because uh, this is really fascinating, Barry. I've been to your LinkedIn page, naturally. And sure. when I go to your activity, I see all these things, right? I yeah. mean, these things are popping up. And i I was looking at it the other day and I was thinking, man, Barry does such a great job of putting really great content in here. And he must be on LinkedIn all the time doing this. And it's all this creative stuff that you're putting in here. And now come to find out you have this automation. You, you are doing this, but you're automating it. That's a thing I noticed, too, was how consistent you are in this. Mm. I had no idea you were doing this. But this this when I saw your page and how you had it set up, I felt really, really bad about my own <laughs> and I'm like, oh, man, I got to do a much better. How is he do? How does he stay yeah. on top of this? This is fantastic, Barry. I mean, this is uh, what a great way to, a to market yourself
1: for business owners, self-employed right. entrepreneurs. Right. It's a must. Right. So it's one hundred forty four dollars a year uh, to get everything. Steal. It really is for what it does. Now, I right. will tell you that this is one. so I do it for my clients, too. I do a couple of them. And after I get them initially scheduled, the initial format worked out, I can do it for about 250 a month. But you need the content. I mean, I showed the content you. content is
0: really important. And yeah. you, you've done a great job of uh, really putting together an arsenal of case yeah. studies and things like that, that you can now use to leverage
1: and it's uh, evergreen
0: this, this machine.
1: Yeah. So that's evergreen. So you need the, once you have the content, you can then schedule it out. But what I want to uh, tell people is the thing that buffer the a limitation that it has, and it has analytics here. And this also gives me a, uh, archive, a look at my archives and um, what I may want to share again. Now, these haven't even been, Oh, this is going out today. And this is going out Thursday, Thursday. Um, So I can share them again and put them back in the queue. But when they expire, so here's what I'm trying to say. People always ask Buffer, hey, can I not put this on a perpetual loop? So I do this one time, I schedule a whole month or two worth of posts, and I can just let it go forever. No, they don't uh, have that ability because... um, let me just stop sharing at this point because it can uh, then be seen as spam. Now you got to understand buffer has to play friendly with Facebook and LinkedIn, all these different social media platforms and they have to play nice or get the big boot. And so Facebook and stuff, they don't want you just putting out spam all day on an automated loop. So they don't enable you to just put that on. Uh, on a complete forever cycle, so you have to come back and maintain it, like every other week or whatever. However much content you have, you know.
0: And and, and this uh, this content is is a, it's going to these social media platforms, so it's, yeah. it's managing that that whole process for yeah. you. But it sounds to me like that last part is also a protection for yourself because uh, you know if I went to your uh, LinkedIn feed and I saw just the same thing over and yeah. over and over again, yeah. I would, uh, then I would be like, Oh, well, this is obviously not what I thought it was, but yeah, it, it really comes off the page, Barry, what you're doing with that. Thank you. Uh, in your business. And I, it, it's almost like, well, how many people work over at your company to, <laughs> to be able to do all that? I'm serious. Is that's it what, that's a good how point? it really came off. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a yeah. really good point, because, you, I, like I said, probably more than anything, uh, the biggest trap is falling into the social media trap. So if you're trying to post every day, be diligent, do the right thing. I've tried. And, yeah. Well, then the next thing you know, you're going down the Twitter rabbit hole or something like that or Facebook and you're caught up in some argument. And uh, it's a time suck. It takes too much thought too Mm because you're trying to
0: be creative every day and you're trying to jump in there. And you know, in my company, we're constantly in in, incenting people to put stuff into their social media feeds, but at the same time, you know, you're always trying to find something. Fortunately, our marketing department really hands us stuff to do that with. But you want to be consistent and you want to put your own stuff in there as well. And this is a great solution for really, if you take a look at it, it's, it's, it's a little more than 10 bucks a month and you're, mm-hmm. you're, <laughs> what a great investment.
1: Yeah, and, it truly is. And
0: you can, It's tax deductible. I mean, you no, can, that's very true against your business. It's a, yeah. It's
1: it, so there's a, a lot to that. It, it's very, very handy, very valuable to get you noticed. You know, if you plan on doing a post every now and then, or a blog every now and then, so few people see it. Uh, And but if you post regularly, and start to get the hang of hashtags, more and more people will see it. But there's a marketing statistic that is age old, as old as marketing itself, that nobody will buy from you the first time they see your brand. But but it takes like three to five times minimum. So they start to Oh, this one, this person or entity or corporation is for real you know, and then start to develop a brand. Now, what a brand is, is what (laughs) a perception of your company is. So if you think you don't have a brand, you have a brand, whether you want it or not, people are going to develop perception. So realize that and help them develop the perception that you want.
0: Man, that brings us full circle back to text messaging again, where (laughs) it was like, nobody wanted that, Barry. Nobody wanted that. It was just like... Here it is. It's so great. They're just we've yeah. not seen that before. What? That's nothing. Get well, out of
1: here. Talk about full circle. I want to segue using uh, what you talked about about 10 minutes ago, and that is those $300 handouts that keep getting tagged on to unemployment, which is why nobody can find people to work. You know what it's I mean? It's a thing, man. It's really Isn't happening. It's- yeah, oh and I mean, I was,
0: I've mean, I been hearing about this in the news and I'm thinking, I
1: got a good one. Gosh, for you. you know,
0: where, where is this happening? And uh, and I but I saw it just the other day and it, it's it's really it's really a thing. And uh, and I'm hearing that there are many states out there. I think there's like 20, 23 over 20 or 20
1: states reject Joe's handouts. Right. Right. Florida's destroying governor- their economy. Ron DeSantis joins the Republican revolt against $300 unemployment benefit because it makes it impossible for businesses to fill jobs. It is amazing to me that we're doing it. Now, I can, I'm trying to see the argument in Congress. You know, it's not like there's just Democrats saying, ha, 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 let's p- push our socialist agenda because we will buy these votes from now and forevermore. That's what we want to believe. That's what we want to think. But there's Republicans in the same room. And so they banter back and forth. And I think what I think the reason that this is still continuing, I'm just throwing this out there, is that we've seen such a I mean, the economy has not even come close to crashing during this time, which is amazing to me. And it must be from all the stimulus that they've pushed out there. Again, I'm going to say again, when we start talking economy, I fully admit it's beyond me. But so I think that's why this has held on for as long as it has, because it's like, look, our economy is stable and doing well. The stock market's doing well. If we stop doing this, we're going to, you know, inflation's going to go through the roof and, you know, we're going to be in a tailspin. That's what I think. Right.
0: right. The argument. Is. Well, I think the argument has a lot to do with that as well. Mm-hmm. And I, I also think that as we take a look at the stock market, it's been a, uh, it's been a mystery, isn't it? How, how can the stock market be doing so well when nobody's working? Yeah. Um, that and and you take a look at all these businesses that are hurting. Uh, at least I mean I, you know, they infused a lot of cash into hospitals. I work in hospital markets, but these hospitals are all hurting. I mean, they it's not they're not in a good place. Yeah. Uh, business isn't in a good place. Why is the stock market in a good place? And, um I started to do a study on that Barry and what I'm understanding is that the stock market for the most part has been really artificially boosted by the Chinese economy yeah uh, I think the, it was the, last
1: week you took us through that yeah and it so
0: was. It, it was and and so this is this when you can control the value of of your currency and you've infiltrated traded 20 percent of the stock market and you're you're booming in every area, even during covid, um, then the stock market's going to look a little bit different. And, um, and and the thing about putting stimulus out there perpetually is that not only does it have an impact on the people actually working and being and having a hard time finding finding, um, you know, employees, but it also has a tremendous impact on inflation. And so what we're seeing now, we're seeing it at the pumps, our gasoline, I mean, that impacts everybody. Our gasoline is going up. What that trickles down to is that shipping costs are more expensive. That means our product costs are more expensive. Yeah. This is the tax plan uh, here. We, we're all having to, to pay higher dollars here as a result of this, um, much of that stimulus money you know where did it come from if people aren't working then that means that the uh, revenues coming into the IRS are lower that means in order to get revenue you got to print that money again it devalues the dollar right. inflation hits this is this is what we're dealing with a, this uh this so how do we get out of this that's well, the question
1: i i know this much and it's a little simple it's simple enough that i can uh share it is that so when the government uh finagles manipulates the economy by printing up money which is a dangerous thing but it's it's what everybody does now um so they put all this fake money out there and the intention is is that when the economy comes back and starts booming that means now you can raise interest rates and uh when you raise interest rates uh and That's like so if somebody borrows $100 and they pay back $125, the government literally takes that extra $25 out of the economy and burns it to get the uh, funny business out of the economy. Sounds like a dangerous game to me, but it's um, become more and more sophisticated and that's about all I know about it. Well, it's interesting when you take a
0: look at the feds <clears throat> and how the federal reserve that is and how yeah. they can uh, manipulate the interest rates. And uh, we, we've we seen where that, like you said, it's a dangerous game. We fell into the great depression that way. And, um, and, and it's a delicate balancing mm-hmm. game. And we are really in a place where this is uh, this is crazy. So. Um, in in business, uh, and I just had a business meeting with a very large healthcare company uh, at their corporate office this week, and they were saying this. that They were talking about how COVID impacted them. They've got over sixty hospitals across the country, and uh, they're pub- they're uh, they're a for profit organization, and they and they said, you know, we really can't talk right now about investing new dollars because we're still dealing with COVID. And I was asking some questions about how that impacted them. And they were saying, let me give you an analogy. It would be like this. You've been out of work for a year. You finally get a job. So you're working on your first day at work. Your wife says, let's buy a new car. You're not going to buy a new car on that first day of work. You, you don't have any do. money. You're a year in the hole. Some people do, but is that financially wise for your no. future? Um, maybe not. Uh, but uh, you don't. The point is, you don't. You don't just start spending money that you don't have when you when you first start getting money in, and uh, and, and that's where these people are. And you know, today, Barry, we're hearing that Joe Biden is going to unfurl. A his budget plan for the year, and it's a $6 trillion budget plan. This is a budget plan that's more than, uh, we haven't seen spending like this since World War II. Um, We were in a world World war (laughs) at that time. And uh, and it's odd to me that this is sort of the analogy that that guy told me this week, is here we are just coming out of this terrible economic uh, disaster and we're deciding to spend more money than the, the, the levels that w- we've never spent before. I, it's it's mind blowing. It's astounding to me how, how how this makes any logical sense to anybody. I mean, what what's your take on it, Barry?
1: Well, I don't know, but I would like to have. I, I'm sure AOC could explain it to us. <laughs> I'm sure she could. It's all about climate change. I, yeah, I, this is like Merle that asking me about the economy uh, and. I don't I just can't. It's I it's beyond me. I, I've said it over, but over. there's
0: there's but I you you are a very common sense kind of guy though and, and these things you know obviously there are economic formulas that are behind beyond both of us, but you know, there are common sense things. You have a house, um you decide to spend uh six times more than your your yearly income on something is that a wise decision or an unwise decision you know it's, these are things that that seem to jump off the page when we take a look at a six trillion dollar budget plan when our GDP is below 20 uh, trillion dollars and and you, you're get, so you're gonna spend um, you know 30 percent of that, that that's <laughs> we've never seen that before that's a that's a, that's Ooh, that's a lot of money. Yeah, (laughs)
1: let's go to Vegas, baby. Um, okay. Let's go away from the economy. I have so much stuff in current events and I'm sure that you do too. So I want, yeah, I want to say whatever you want to talk about. I just saw last night, I think it was a um, rising episode with uh, Sagar and Jetty was explaining yeah. how <clears throat> Bill Gates planned to use his leverage to leverage his relationship with Jeffrey Epstein, the pedophile. Yes, Did pedophile island,
0: that? yes that's interesting. Because isn't he it?
1: wanted to get the Nobel Peace Prize. This is free. I haven't heard mind this. blowing. Oh, yeah. You, yeah. Well, how does the Nobel
0: Peace Prize factor into this? Okay, so Bill know. Gates. Wait, hold on. What, what does Jeffrey Epstein have to do with the, That's Nobel the disturbing
1: peace prize? part? So he Epstein was connected to everybody at the highest levels that you can imagine. So he was connected with the people that are on the committee, the main figures of the committee of the Nobel peace prize and that and Bill Gates, like, you know, Thick so there's all this wonder and speculation like about around surrounding Bill Gates divorce. Now we're starting to hear about how shady Bill Gates actually has always been. And then, so he, even after, like a lot of people, even after the indictments against Epstein, when everybody knows he's on charges for pedophilia, Bill Gates is still right there on his coattails. uh, So what people are wondering is how the Epstein thing is cases is in the public eye is opened up again. Now, you know how they tried to bury that They sure did. Yeah. And, oh, that reminds me about the, uh, he also mentioned that the guards that were guarding Yeah, they Epstein, just got off. They admitted fake. They just admitted faking the records and they only got a hundred hours of community service. Yeah. yeah. A hundred hours,
0: shady, Barry,
1: everything about it is so obviously shady. So the amount of powerful people that are implicated. Uh, So now I'm surprised that they have one woman. I can't say her name, his Uh, right hand.
0: There you go. I can't
1: believe she's still alive.
0: Uh, We were we talked about that when they first put her in prison. It was like, uh, is she going to die of COVID in there?
1: Yeah, right. And I saw that they're now interviewing her Uh, people. People are starting to sing around her. Yeah. So I think there's a lot more to unfold. I I know there is. There's a gigantic story there about some of the highest, most powerful people in the world connected to this pedophilia ring.
0: And it's so crazy because when you take a look at what happened to Jeffrey Epstein and how, how crazy that was, and you look at the, the mound of mega powerful people this guy was associated with. These are the kind of people that can mm-hmm. make things disappear, and uh, sure. you know, with that kind of money. So you know, it's when you see that kind of news story just swept away really yeah. quickly, then uh, you, that's a red flag, right? Well, it's it's, just, it's right. like, the or Clin- they refuse to investigate.
1: Yeah, yeah, red flag. It's like uh, the Clintons. Uh, you know, Bill Clinton for everything under the sun, uh, them, their Clinton foundation, which Obama has his foundation now, which is a money laundering ring. Yes. And it's obvious, but Bill Clinton doing the whole obstruction of justice thing on the tarmac with the eternal attorney general back when his wife is bleaching servers for obstruction of justice, no charges. And it's right in front of our eyes,
0: right? And you know, they just—they get away with it. It's like they're robbing the bank right in front of us. And yeah. We're just like, oh, hey, let me help you. Let me hold the door for you.
1: We, yeah, we accept it as normal. We do. It seems yeah, like it's accepted we do. as normal. We
0: absolutely so, do.
1: Yeah, there's some really big stuff going on in that uh, Epstein Epstein ring there, but uh, okay, not to beat a uh, dead horse on that. Uh, how about Lockheed Martin? This was you're gonna love this. The company Lockheed Martin forced 10 top execs, uh, including a three-star general, to complete a three-day Zoom course to unlearn their male white privilege. Wow. Can you believe that? This I'm is again it's commonplace. This is commonplace. It's accepted as some kind of normal, uh positive thing.
0: Uh- I'm disgusted by this, Barry. Me I too. mean, how do how do we not see this for what it actually is? This is this is this is racism. Um, I know if we take one. It doesn't matter the color. It, this is so crazy. They've read, you know, they've redefined racism where uh, that um, a black person can't be racist. I um, heard that. Yeah. So this is that's a lie. That's that not, is- that's not the truth. But They're trying to say here's how they've redefined it is that the 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 race that's been in power, in other words, the white race, Mm -hmm. um, that's the race that has the power to oppress people. So they're the only ones that could be racist. Uh, So, wow, is that a stretch? It, the whole definition is racist.
1: That's just taking that, the definition and it, contorting it into all this unrecognizable. Yeah. This well, is they're a, always redefining words. Well, it's,
0: always. So It's a Marxist tactic is mm-hmm. to redefine everything in order to get your agenda accomplished. And, and that's what they've done here. But
1: uh, when we say that, and I agree with you, I truly don't, again, that sounds so conspiracy theorist, but I truly don't believe that most of these people, I bet the uh, people at Lockheed Martin kind of got bamboozled with their white guilt into doing this kind of thing. Oh, sure,
0: that's exactly what happened. Yeah, that, that's, how they use it. that's how. Of course, they're not the Marxists. Uh, that and that's, that's the, my point, right? Yeah, they're 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 just victims of this, right? And, and, oh. and what are they going to do? They they want to keep their jobs, right? So mm-hmm. that they, now they're forced to go through this in order to keep their jobs. It's terrible. It, it's a it's a it's a terrible thing but what does it do what psychologically what does this do it separates people
1: yeah right. it, it
0: causes and it and it causes a great deal of guilt and resentment hate
1: anxiety you know, yeah. Yeah,
0: and and so now all of a sudden you're a bad person cuz you're a racist. And this causes all kinds of division and bitterness and ugliness and and also it has a high potential of causing psychological uh problems in people. Let's yeah. look at what just happened yesterday in San Jose. The the guy comes to oh, the right. train station and shoots up the place. Why did that happen? We don't know the whole details, but here's what we do know. The man had been accused of of bigotry on the job and he was coming in for that morning for some kind of hearing on this. Uh, I don't know all of the details behind this. All I'm here to say is that you call somebody a bigot um, or a racist, Mm -hmm. and then you you load that on top of people that man, some wires start to get crossed, bad Mm -hmm. things start to happen right here. You start to call a whole race of people racist, man. That is not going to end. Well, Uh, no, there's nothing good that can come out. We have to cease and desist on this thing. Mm -hmm. We have to realize that there are powers that are using race baiting to uh, to destroy us. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, it's interesting. The Chinese government has been attacking us since this week of, of revelations have happened and and it has to do with wuhan and the virology lab over there big news probably everybody's heard about this already but what uh some 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 things that are coming from the united states are well do we hold china accountable for uh genocide if they purposely launch something like this and china's coming back and saying okay, well, United States, look at yourself. You've had these human rights atrocities as well. And then they start listing things that the United States has done. And so this now has become this, uh, anytime you try to point at China and say you did something wrong, they're going to point right back at you and tell you all the things that you did wrong. And so this is their tactic to cover things of it's just interesting. I don't how, know, man. Sounds like getting in
1: a fight is. with the wife, you know?
0: Ah, it's <laughs> it 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 really. It's, this is why when you take a look at world events and world politics, it's it, it, it the news tries to make it very complicated. But Barry, I agree with you, man. A lot of this is so petty. And um, and we make it sound like it's sophisticated. It's not. It's basically like, I know you are. But what am I? Exactly. You know?
1: <laughs> I got a little tabloid thing that I can attach to what we're talking about there. At this China. Do you know who John Cena, the actor, is? Uh, yes. A big big WWE wrestler. Did. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Very yeah. My kids uh, are very familiar. They, they're wrestling fans.
1: Oh, OK. OK. So he's a cheesy guy. I, I don't really yeah. know what he's been in but i know who he is so he just this is a few days ago uh this is really big in the media the celebrity media he just apologized to china for calling taiwan a country during an interview wow uh the actor and professional wrestler posted the apology tuesday in mandarin uh, on the popular Chinese social media site, Weibo. And I got a link to it. That's all I wrote down about it though. But this again, this is supposed to be a big, tough guy apologizing to the entire literally on his knees, pandering to China. These actors are doing this all the time to China and they know, they know how powerful and how infiltrated China is into the Hollywood market.
0: Well, the Chinese uh, government, the Chinese Communist Party also knows how influential that people like John Cena can be. And so they will incent people like John uh, Cena to to come out and apologize. And, you know, the fact is, is that they've they've got a lot of power to manipulate people and it's has everything to do with that that yen that I talked about and if you could just print up a bunch of money think about it it's just hey how much does he need Mm -hmm. you know let's let's get him this and let's get him to say that we saw LeBron James doing the same thing I have to say though uh as wimpy as I think John Cena's actions were yes (laughs) yeah I mean it was surprising to see him speak in Mandarin. Like, did, did you always know Mandarin or did you learn Mandarin? Just that those words really quickly to think capitulate to the Chinese government. And yeah. that's what it seems like.
1: He studied um, it. I do believe I read. Yeah,
0: well, it, it's 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 pretty crazy that you would do this. Another thing I noticed about what he did when he mentioned the apology, he never actually said what he was guilty of. Uh, he never actually called Taiwan a country. I called he didn't say I called Taiwan a country. So in other words, in his script, he was very careful not to uh, take side on that. Yeah. the thing that China didn't like. Uh, it just goes to show you what kind of power this this country has. And it's their government. It's not the people over there. I, I, I know I don't have to reiterate that, but it's mm-hmm. it's the government that has taken captive of a billion people over there. And that's really what's happening. They're controlling those people with social, the whole social credits that they can earn. Yeah, Um, They've got, this is a, a country that has the most cameras that are associated with AI. Um, And so they're surveilling all of these people when you wake up in the morning, when you go outside, when you walk down the street, they're surveilling everything and they they assign points to this whole thing so that they can either reward or punish you. This is the kind of thing that's coming here. We have to stand against this kind of thing because we're seeing uh, a lot of I'm seeing a lot of these tactics that the Chinese government has used. We are starting to adopt here at Mm -hmm. a very, very rapid pace. It's Did scary. you see last week where the Biden administration has outsourced private companies to uh, to spy on the general public, uh, uh, their social media?
1: I thought I saw something about that just the other day, uh, but so, in passing.
0: Yeah, so this is a pretty big deal, Barry, because first off, I, I haven't seen anything like this. As we know, the National Security Administration has been doing this for years. This is not constitutional, though, uh, for the federal government to spy on you. We have the fourth amendment, which protects our privacy. There's, you know, the whole show us your papers kind of thing how that's not an American thing. Well, it's the same thing when they spy on your social media without your consent that's, that's what's happening. So it's the federal government finding a loophole to be able to figure out what you're doing. And my understanding is because of the January 6th, uh, a riot, that they are targeting their political enemies, really anything that uh, would go against their, their movement. Well, that's really what they're watching. This is really the flavor that, that uh, the Chinese Communist Party is inflicting on China. So we're seeing a lot of this evolution happening there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I want to just sw- switch over to uh, um, Mr. Fauci, Dr. Fauci, and uh, how- he
1: always—it always makes me laugh when I hear his name. Because okay, what do you yeah. do now?
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, and and you saw we talked a lot about the Rand Paul interview mm-hmm. or hearing where Rand Paul was asking all these questions, but it was really the most interesting part was around the gain of function testing and was the NIH mm-hmm. or the National Institute of Allergies and uh, infectious disease. Would, did, have they funded any of these gain-of-function tests? And, you know, this is interesting because we never heard of gain-of-function before this, never heard oh, of right. that term, and now we know what it is. It's a, It's a way to supercharge these viruses. And the interesting thing is the United States is involved in this gain-of-function testing because as a defensive measure against the next pandemic, but really behind the scenes, every... Every superpower is testing out uh, oh, um, sure. this Always. type of warfare, mm-hmm. uh, biological warfare, and so what we're doing is we're test we're we're doing this gain of function testing to prepare for another country attacking us with a virus. Mm-hmm. But guess what? Other countries are doing the same thing to prepare against us, pro- potentially mm-hmm. doing that to them. Yes. So yes. they're constantly doing this gain of function thing too to prepare against us, and we're preparing against them. So what we're doing is we're creating these amazing superbugs so <laughs> dr fauci was saying to uh to congress to rand paul that nope we're not involved in this we we would never uh yeah. uh condone doing this in china yes we do it ourselves this dr brick uh, uh we, we, we he, he's not involved in this well, the fact is, is all over the internet. Um, the, the results of gain-of-function testing in China with, with this doctor's Chinese counterparts are, are published, and it's also verified that these things were funded by the NIH. So this is a complete lie. So mm-hmm. as soon as this starts coming out, Fauci starts talking about, well, maybe it did come out of the lab, when he vehemently denied that all yeah. the way up until just now. At the same time we find out that two virology lab scientists came down with COVID-like symptoms back in November of 2019. We think that they could possibly be the ground zero. Mm -hmm. Uh, um, So those are the people that possibly left it out. So Biden's saying, let's get the World Health Organization to look into this. Let's do our own investigation.
1: The World Health Organization, which is yeah. complicit in covering it up from the very get go, who's in China's pocket. And, and by the way, Biden and the Democrats distanced themselves totally from this argument because it was a Trump thing. And now Trump's tweeting out, told you, told you all along way back then. It was from a leak from a Chinese lab. They need to put enough time in between to let it simmer down. And then they're going to claim that it's that they're doing the investigation and going to find justice now.
0: (laughs) Well, it's interesting because that's going to backfire on them because there was already an investigation going on when the Biden administration came into office and they shut the investigation down without telling the general public that they shut it down. Now, Biden is saying, I've given you 90 days, uh, our our, uh, secret services to come back with a report. Well, first off, it shouldn't take 90 days. They were already doing a report on this. Let's see what the report says right now. Um, first, Secondly, why did you shut it down? Um, because there was never any conclusive evidence, apparently, that uh, it didn't escape from the lab. If there was, then we'd see it already. And thirdly, um, I don't know what third is. <laughs> anyway, but thirdly, how the heck are we going to find out what's going on over there? I mean, do, unless we have spies over there, and of course we do, but I mean, we're not going to find out from the Chinese government. We're not going to find out from the World Health Organization. That sounds like a stall tactic. Yeah, I don't think we're going to find out. I I think the evidence is pretty clear. Here's what I got is that back when this whole thing started, we wanted to investigate the virology lab and China would not let us in. I don't know if you remember that or not. Oh, I remember
1: Uh, all kinds of evidence against this. I mean, it seems obvious to me it was. And yeah, it, 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 it seemed
0: obvious the whole time. I don't, I never bought that. It came from a wet market when we had a virology lab right down the street.
1: Yeah. And there's no wet market there. I mean, they, they always describe this town. Like it's like this village of people like eating that white pasty rice, like and eating (laughs) bats and stuff. And it's a, fully developed city that doesn't have a, I weapon. know yeah. you, you
0: like imagine people like living in huts or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, oh, a bat. they you know, like, they're hunting bats, skinny down dogs, bats like barely
1: walking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Hey and man. So yeah, that's, the I got trick, a lot right? of other stuff too. Yeah. And I want to see what you want to talk about. Oh, uh, go ahead. There's uh they're burning down Portland again. Uh, again. Yeah. Is yeah. there anything left? how can there be
0: anything left at Portland?
1: This makes this me time. remember. And I didn't make a note of it. I forgot. But I watched uh, I somehow landed on this video on YouTube of if I say her name right, the uh, constantly under fire. I think she's from Georgia, Georgia. Uh, Congresswoman, oh, yeah. is it Marjorie Taylor Greene? Is that? Yeah, her? that's right. That's right. All right. Now, she's always painted to be uh, this, this like, extreme right, extreme yeah. racist. And they found a tweet where she back yeah. when there she, she was like supporting QAnon. And then later she's like, oh, I didn't. I'm sorry, I didn't really realize who QAnon really was. Oh, right. I do not support them, but now it's stuck. So I always thought she seemed like she was painted as a pretty horrible person. But I saw this where she's addressing Congress a half hour long video. And wow, my mind was blown. She so the whole time she's talking about you guys talk about this insurrection. You have an undisclosed amount of money uh, dedicated to investigating this so-called insurrection. It was a one-time riot that lasted a few hours. You got 465 people in uh, solitary confinement. Which is sick to uh, prosecute another 100. However, there's these riots that have been going on across America that you never talk about, that you call pre- peaceful protests. They're burning down federal property. That's an insurrection. Why Absolutely. do you not label this? Why do you not investigate it? And yet not even investigate, cover it up. Dude, it was mind-blowing what she laid out. She basically said everything that every knowledgeable patriotic person, what would want to say, I'm not kidding. I was blown away by her. Uh, You got to look that up. I'll, I'll look up, I'll look that up and put it in the show notes. It's a half hour, but I'm telling you, you're going to be like, and she's got charts. This guy's like changing out these big charts and graphs and it's
0: good. I love that you watched that and saw that and, and, and saw it for what it was because to me, when the media and these politicians start attacking people, that she's new, and mm-hmm. uh, they start attacking newcomers, she's got like, some kahunas, uh, Then there must be something they're threatened by. And uh, that's what when you these really notorious people when the when the left and I and I say the left, uh, I'm not talking about Democrats, because uh, mm-hmm. there I think there's some Republican leftists as well, mm-hmm. um, that uh, when they come out and they start attacking these people and attacking their character, that's those are the people I want to hear from, because obviously, mm-hmm. that's their classic uh, defense. It works every time. Right. Correct. Um, it, when they have nothing to really uh, attack on the substance they attack the character so so that's when i know that that person must be saying something that that makes a lot of logical sense here mm-hmm. and um i'd heard her speak before i never heard anything that sounded outrageous except for that whole q stuff but hey anybody could have gotten fooled into that whole thing back mm-hmm. back then and and who knows i mean who knows what the heck is going on i when they cut when people say it's a conspiracy theory now i already know that that's another are you, are you talking about QAnon by that? I don't know about? anything about QAnon. I'm I don't just either. Saying.
1: I've tried looking it up. I can't really find. I, I still don't know what the heck it is. I think yeah. it's like five guys in the Florida Everglades or something like that, that hold club meetings and post on the Internet. I don't know,
0: man. All I know is that these people are very threatened by it because anytime somebody says Q, they've almost turned QAnon into a bad word like Trump. Oh, it is. is And and look, everything they've turned into that comes back and bites them later on. Like, Oh, couldn't have been uh, from the virology lab. And now, well, it looks like now that we, you may have forgotten that it was Trump that said that we're going to, I think it might've been out of the virology lab. Really? Pretty good news. Yeah. Like, Oh (laughs) my gosh, you know, boy, that Joe Biden, he's on top of things, isn't he? (laughs) Um, but it's just like every, uh, every time they demonize something to the point that it's a swear word, it's probably the truth. I mean, I know it's so crazy how this has happened. Crazy world. Um, so that Marjorie, Taylor Green, I think think that's that's it. Yeah. And I keep an eye on her Mm -hmm. um, because everything that she's saying about that January 6th thing and and the way that you just laid it out, too, um, they're attacking federal buildings. And when you take a look at the Civil War and how that started, uh, it was a mob of people attacking a federal building that started uh, the Civil War. It was Fort mm-hmm. Sumter. Mm-hmm. Um, this is this is this I is think she said it's an, an act of doing war. nothing. Yeah. yeah, it is an act of war. It's mm-hmm. a it's an act. It's a literal act of insurrection. That's what an insurrection that's, is. That's what she's And it's done, happening yes. constantly. Uh, mm-hmm. we, you know, when when it's a war, oh. it happens. It happens constantly when it's an event. It's a couple hours and it's over that what happened in Washington, yeah. was a spontaneous, maybe a spontaneous, it was an event, it was over, boom, it was done. Yeah. There's certainly not a, a Republican Party, a mainstream Republican Party that condoned that. That's mm. not what the party stood for whatsoever. But sure, the media... They want to twist it into that whole thing. It's yeah. sick. Another thing. The truth is being twisted.
1: Other things that she brought up in that was about the millions of dollars. She had all kinds of facts and figures. Uh, she was so prepared, did her homework, and all the millions of dollars that are being uh, taken from the tax-paying citizens in those towns from uh, damage, all the damage being done, and the businesses being that are being burnt down and damaged. And she's like, nice. these are tax, They're already paying taxes. You're spending their money right now, wasting their money. And they're getting uh, the other side of it, the, the bills for the damage here in town. And you're turning your backs on all of this and allowing it to happen over and over. But she made some absolutely terrific points and it's sickening. And she said several times, cause I was like, boy, I wish she would say, and then she says, Uh, You keep forgetting who's paying who. And that is you are being paid by the tax taxpayers to do your due diligence here and uh, reminded them. Somebody said recently, somebody really smart I was listening to on a podcast said, every government, no matter if it's local, uh, state or federal or what country, always needs to be reminded of, Well, every democracy always needs to be reminded over and over again who is in charge. And that is the people, not the government. And I yes. see that on a local level all the time. We obviously see it right now on a federal level. Yeah. You know, Ronald Reagan put
0: it uh, pretty succinctly when he said that, uh, freedom is something that has to be fought for in every generation it's not inherited and the first freedom that you have is freedom from your own government um that's an interesting thing freedom from your own government mm-hmm. but ronald reagan also said this um the scariest words ever uttered are uh, we're the government and we're here to help <laughs> <laughs> and so that's a freedom from the government is uh, it, it's you, you have freedom from being oppressed from your government and hmm. the governments have oppressed their people uh, since the beginning of time uh, until now. This is what Lincoln meant when he talked about the great experiment uh, at uh, at Gettysburg. And we'll see if this experiment uh, uh, will still continue on, but we're going to prove it. And and this is where we are today. We we're still proving uh it and um we're constantly going to have to battle this is a battle the freedom battle is a constant and evolving battle and we have mm-hmm. to keep it up and part of it is we have to be informed on what's happening and that's really what we're doing here barry is we're We want to keep you informed of what's happening and keep talking about it. And we need to be able to keep the channels of communication open between people that are Republicans and Democrats and different races. And we all are a part of the same race, the human race, and we're all part of the same country. And it's a country that's founded in love. We can't allow ourselves to be separated because, like it says, you know, divided. We we, we don't we we fall when we're divided. We're united is how we stand, mm. and that's uh, that's we got to get back to that, Barry.
1: Uh, agreed, agreed. So I want to talk to you about something here as uh, we're going to kind of end uh, end this regular part of the show. Normally, I go to the lighter side. I have a couple things here, but Lisa's been on my back for weeks now saying that. We should just run the after show uh, directly without without breaking it apart. Uh, so just have a pause. Say, hey, OK, thanks, everybody. This is the end of the show. We're going in the after show. If you want to continue, if you want to see that, I'm going to try that this week. Do you have thoughts on okay. that? I'm going to do it with Let's the podcast. Experiment. too. Yeah, yeah. we,
0: we could experiment with that.
1: So I'll uh, I don't know for what it's worth. Uh, I, yeah, we'll try that. I am going to end with a quick lighter show story and it's, it's not a big, I only skimmed it to tell you the truth, but it's a story about a jug, a judge who gave, I might as well share this, uh, who gave a drug dealer a, a second chance. 16 years later, he swore him in as a lawyer it's a great story in that regard. <laughs> That's awesome. I yeah, that. yeah. So Wayne County Circuit Courtroom, I don't know where Wayne County, Michigan is a member of the Michigan yeah. Bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I recall, this is a, in Detroit. It's, uh, Detroit, Yeah. Yeah. So this guy was 27 year old high school dropout facing a 20 year sentence uh, in 2005. And so he was arrested in a drug sting in Dearborn Heights, Michigan. Mm. And uh, so he was facing 20 years. And uh, as this guy says, his name is Martel, any other judge would have flushed me. And he said, I challenge you to be a CEO of a fortune 500 company instead of being out here selling drugs. And Martel says, I love a challenge. So today he's not a CEO, but he earned, listen to this, but he did earn a full scholarship to college and then another scholarship to law school. That's amazing right there. By the way, did you hear that uh, Kim Kardashian didn't pass her first year of uh, law school? I didn't even know she went to law school oh yeah she was being heralded as a genius um so anyways back to this yeah yeah and uh last week he raised his right hand and was sworn into the as a member of the michigan bar in the courtroom of the judge who spared him also administered the oath uh i i think that uh is one heck of a story so i
0: i just caught a line there that the judge said is that it was better than walking his daughter down the aisle
1: Oh no, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's that's, really, that's honestly uh, really something. Because right uh, I would say as a what judge, a great
0: judge, what a great yeah, judge. But as
1: a judge, uh, you probably have more stories of failure of yeah. things you wish you could take back than you do mm-hmm. of things like this. We have a judge out here, uh, Chickenetti, and uh, he's been around forever, and he's known like you'll see stories kind of regularly about his creative sentencing. He will I, trying to think of some things. He'll make somebody hold a sign of apologizing for the absolutely horrible thing that they did. Uh, hmm. Things like that. I, I, that he's, awful. I can't think of, uh, I can't think of any real particular things, but uh, yeah. Are so, they good,
0: good things. Cause that yeah, didn't sound so good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, oh, Okay.
1: Yeah. I remember somebody left their dog out in the cold was charged for animal abuse or something like that. And he made her stay outside in this winter night all night and they supervised this whole thing. Uh, Just stuff like that. You
0: know, I, um, I think judges are so important to our society. And I, I remember as a a young person getting in, I got into a lot of trouble one time and had to face the judge and I was with my dad and, um, you know, there were a bunch of things I was trying to hide from my dad. I mean, I was an adult, mm-hmm. but I was 19, so I was mm-hmm. still kind of a kid. And um, I remember, um, you know, we, we, we were, the judge went and talked about the charges and we I pleaded not guilty. And then the judge, had, and he, we were gonna come back for a continuance. and then the judge says, uh, he spoke to my dad. Anyway, you've heard the story before, but the guy said this, you spoke, speaking to my dad, he says, your son seems like a fine and upstanding young man. And therefore I want to read you the police report. So he read the police report, all these other things. My dad didn't know came out. It was devastating. And at the same time, it was a measure of love that this guy had. He's I'll never forget that. He said that I seemed like a fine and upstanding young man that, that, went into my heart somehow and um even though it seemed like it was crushing my life that he told my dad all these things it changed that whole thing changed my life 100 i that the next day i became a christian um i my whole life everything about my life was changed if that judge had not have done that i don't know what would have happened but he didn't have to do that but he's he he these people are elected or appointed or elected into these positions because they have insights. They have, they have, hopefully they have wisdom. They They could have a bad day
1: though.
0: They could, sure. But I'm just saying, look how just that little thing that he did changed the trajectory of a person's life who was in big, big, big trouble forever.
1: And with that, I want to, Let's I want to talk about this a little bit more, but let's wind up the regular show. So as strange as Oh, I thought this, we did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, formally we are now. This is the end of the regular segment. So if you want to hear us BS, because we do have something of a structure to our regular 050. Um, in our after show, most of you don't know of that, I don't think. But we just really Yeah, BS, uh, follow up on things that we talk about and so on. So yeah, with that, we'll now start that as weird as this seems to me. Now, I want to discuss that concept of the after show too. But I wanted to say about the judge stuff is I think what you're leading to there is uh, people really first time offenders have a true chance at redemption But if you're a repeat offender, even your second time, they know the stats. I don't know the stats, but I'll bet you the stats are you wind up back in that courtroom for the second time and you're pretty much going to be a career career criminal, I would think. But a first time offender, there's probably some really good chance that you can turn somebody around with the right opportunity. You know, with the judge that you're talking about with you and your dad, he's like, got a he's got a dad that's fully involved here right there you got a heck of a chance at redemption that's yeah, the big difference yeah, you know yeah
0: yeah he uh yeah i i agree i agree uh, it it really meant something uh, um to me, at least. And uh, I I just think that it's important that uh, we're looking at people that that have compassionate hearts because, you know, just the tiniest, the tiniest words can make the difference in somebody's somebody's life. And, you know, it seems to me that when you're in trouble, uh, when things aren't going so well, that's really when the learning is really at an all time high Um, you know you can really speak into somebody's life at that time with with compassion um and uh certainly that's how it worked for me so i just i don't even know who that guy is but i thank Mm. god for that guy
1: yeah well see there's never any change without pain Otherwise yeah. there's no reason to yeah. change. So yeah. yeah, when you get in trouble, you have that, you kind of hit a crossroads at it.
0: Yeah. 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 Your mind's
1: yeah. pretty wide open right at that yeah. point. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. 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 To exactly. hear what you got to say, yeah. you know,
0: we were talking about uh, Papa last week mm-hmm. and we were talking about that, that um, you know, just the pain of somebody passing that you love is so terrible, but it does seem like you can learn a lot of spiritual truth in that, in that zone of pain you're you're open to being to to you're so desperate to hear something that's going to help you too like you yes. really your ears are wide open for mm-hmm. that and so um, I think it's an opportune time for families to be able to get together and help each other in those kinds of situations. What we're finding here is that there's sort of a sweetness that goes along with this, with our family. We we were over, we were all together just the other day, and um, you know, it's a it's sort of an interesting thing, the dynamics in our family with um, with our kids, and and of course, you know, uh, I have my wife, Anne-Marie and, and then, and then Tracy is my ex-wife and, mm-hmm. and are we're all together and we we all love Papa. And, uh, there's something about being together in a situation like that, that in a family that, you know, we're, that seems to accentuate the love that's there in the family. Yeah. And, um, it's, it's actually a beautiful thing, but I, I wanted to, uh, just mention that, uh, that lisa uh, had had uh, really had complimented me about uh, what we had okay. talked about in the in the after show last time and um i mean is it okay if i read what she Please. said yeah um
1: i remember yeah. it really touched me too yeah
0: she uh this is we were talking about papa and and his passing and i I, I don't remember exactly what I said, but I was I was really trying to look at it from the perspective of the other side of the pond.
1: Yes, uh, and, and you really said exactly because I, I love the way you said this. You said something to the effect of it's like uh, it's like your loved ones leaving on a cruise ship and you think you're never going to see them again. But the people on the other side, the destination are welcoming that person f- from that cruise ship. I didn't it a, say it as well as you did. It was is- a
0: book I read called Ooh. Pilgrim's Progress by John Bunyan. And this is a old book, but it's fantastic. And at the end, this person was leaving on this ship. And as it was going over the horizon, the group there was so sad that they were going over the horizon. But then the picture changes to the to the other side of the horizon. Yeah where this group of people are so excited when they see the ship, she's coming here, she comes, she's gonna be here, they're so excited. That's heaven, that's what it's like in heaven. And and that's That's very comforting. Uh, to think that way, and we, we, a lot of times we feel sorry for the people that passed away. But really, it's they're that they're experiencing this amazing thing. Mm-hmm. You know, Papa was getting to see his mom again after yeah. like he's a hundred years old. After all those years, he I think how long he hasn't seen his mom, and there she is, all young and beautiful. Um, and it's such an amazing thing. But uh, Lisa wrote, um, love the conversation about your not so ex father in law. It's so difficult to lose a loved one, but you brought tears to my eyes in how you and your family walked him right up to the end, holding his hand until those on the other side could take it and guide him all the way home. That's beautiful.
1: It is.
0: I didn't have the courage to do that with my father at 37. I could not bear to watch him suffer and did not want him struggling to take his last breath at the age of 63 uh, be how I remembered him. Now at fifty-five, with people like both of you, uh, Barry and I, in my life, uh, uh, I let's see, read more. I uh, just might find the courage to be there for my mom or others that may need it in their final moments. On on a side note, I highly recommend that you. Uh, oh yeah, roll your podcast into the after show. So there it is. We're doing it right now. But, um, go ahead. Go ahead.
1: Oh, I was going to say, she keeps saying that I can, I I can never find it, the after show. And if I can't, I'm sure that your other listeners that have a hard time and we're not going to try that hard, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. She, I think she's right about that. And, uh, but just going back to this whole thing about, um, being there at, at the side of your loved one, I can so relate to what she said. my father, when he passed away, um, you know, he died of a heart attack and my mom was there. My brother was there. And they, I, I, I sometimes wish that I was there, but at the same time, seeing my dad struggling like that, just imagining my dad, who's like a pillar of strength in my mind. I, I can so relate to what Lisa is saying. And I, I love her honesty and being able to just put that out there say that she's saying what everybody else is thinking um you know like nobody who wants to see that no that does take a, a an amazing amount of love and courage and sometimes you, you just can't face that and and i know that mm-hmm. um you know her mom is on on uh, her dad is on the other side and he forgives her for that, that that's that's well, not something this
1: to... is really important um, I saw my father pass, I was with him when he passed, and it was a uh, acute lymphatic leukemia, as I recall, it was leukemia, though, it, it was a rare form in adults, normally in children. And it happened over a five day period, very quickly, he went in for lower back pain, got diagnosed with pneumonia, and pretty much uh, leukemia at the same time after they did the blood test, but they had to fight the uh, pneumonia before they could even think about the leukemia and so he passed as a result of that. When he did pass, uh, it was kind of convulsive, super heavy, deep breathing, all of a sudden out of nowhere. It's emblazoned into my mind. I'm glad that I was there for that for him. But I still have that emblazed into my mind. I'm not crazy about that. My point is, I don't think there's a right or wrong way here. I understand. Uh, I don't either. Yeah. I, I understand not wanting, not being able to face that at the end. Me too. Yeah. And as you said, I, whew, I, okay. I know this is um, pretty much traumatized Lisa ever since I've known her, she's talked about this and um, in this regret. And as soon as her father's spirit left that body, he was just elated. I mean, he had nothing but a feeling of unconditional love and being back like peak form. We are just built up of energy. You're just being released from a physical body. He had complete, I'm sure that he was immediately aware of Lisa's feelings and, uh, and remorse and everything else. And he hated that she was feeling that way. He didn't have any feelings of where where is my daughter, to say the least. He was he's right there with you. I think even now that you can you can still reach out and and feel a part of that energy, a part of his spirit. Mm. So,
0: I, I just I that's don't, beautiful, Barry. What you're saying is absolutely beautiful. I agree. Beautiful. You
1: know, well, I, I just don't want to see people beating themselves up over this Me because neither. there's not a right or a wrong way. No, now, what's horrible. And, what's absolutely horrible are the people that have been forced to pass away completely alone because of COVID uh, and nursing is, homes yeah. and separated from all their loved ones, even spouses. Yeah. I, I think that's absolutely because they, they they are leaving this planet with such a sense of sorrow and uh, abandonment. And I, I that that that's one that I can't really get over right there.
0: You know, I agree that I've got a friend of mine that had that happen with her her mother and uh, and it was yeah. really sad. And then our neighbor um he he died um a few months ago, not from COVID, but he was going downhill and they took him away. But the family wasn't able to they weren't able to go to the hospital and they were getting conflicting reports and oh, is this is bad. Oh no, he's getting better, everything's getting better. nope, he's dead uh, that's, that's basically the kind of information that they Mm. got. And it's just a terrible thing. And uh, I, I, I agree with you, but I wanted to just bring up something else that Lisa wrote here. And, Mm. and it's just that she wrote that, you know, now I'm 55 and, uh, I have, you know, people in my life that have given me the courage to be able to be there. And I, you know, that's how you know. I know you know Lisa's faith and everything, and that's that's how God works with people. Mm-hmm. Is that you know you're going to have failures in your life, but God's going to use those failures to teach you things, so that yes. when the when when He really needs you to be there, yeah. you're going to not only be there, but you'll be an example for other people. And I just believe that through that experience, through that tragic experience that God has put something on the inside of her to strengthen her. Not only that, but to strengthen other people, just writing this, um, it puts it out there for other people to be strengthened by, mm-hmm. by, by that moment. And, uh, that's, I've just realized that in my life. I, I remember one time my, my dad's, uh, my dad's brother was in, in the hospital and, um, My dad was, it was, and him were like best friends. And my dad became a Christian, and he was a Jehovah's Witness. And my dad really wanted to talk to him about Jesus. But, you know, my dad died first. And now my uncle's in the hospital, and he's dying. And so I was a brand new Christian I wanted to talk to him about Jesus in the honor of my, my dad. So I go in there and I got my Bible. I've not read, read the Bible, but I have it. And uh, he goes, well, I'll believe that Jesus is Lord. If you can show me in the Bible that Jesus is the Lord. And I was like, okay, Hmm. <laughs> 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 so then I thought, God, just let me just open the page and, and there it'll be. And I did that. And, you shall stone the person that offends. Them. No, that's not it. Uh, to me, just uh, it was terrible. I couldn't find it, and um, and and I, I remember leaving feeling like a complete failure. And my uncle Fred died a few days later, and uh, I I just I just felt terrible. I just felt so bad. Well, God used that. Um, I was like inspired on the inside. I've read the Bible many times now. Uh, but that was the impetus. It's a hard I, read, I man. Probably know what's in there. It is. It's it you can't read it without first two things. One is you can read it and not have any understanding whatsoever exactly. because you don't have the spirit to help you to understand things. You you want to have God to help illuminate things for you to, to help you to see things. And secondly, you actually need people to help you to, to see things and put things together that that they've been there done that before. Um, And so those are the two things that, uh, that I really immersed myself in after that. And it's, it's paid off so much. So later in life, Um, both of his sons, my uncle's sons, both got ALS and I was with them through that whole experience. Both of them actually became Christians through that experience, uh, us together, uh, being together. And I was there with them all the way through Keith to the moment of his death and, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and and comforting them and uh, uh, just being able to be with them. And so all of that paid off down the road. I guess that's what my point is with Lisa is that, It was a moment of failure, but that moment of failure turned out to be a great, great blessing in my life. And I I can see that for her too.
1: That's really, that's really well put. Uh, Let's see. I wanted to tell you that I do want to get back to, I don't want to forget, I want to get back to discussing this after show concept uh, because I have really uh, conflicting feelings about it, but I wanted to say first that. I texted you a few days ago and said, "Oh my God, first day at the gym, no masks, totally." Like I always have to walk in with a mask and then get yes. and sit down on my equipment. Then I could take it off while I'm using the equipment again. That all this didn't make a lot of sense, but <laughs> right, right, but uh, so first, you're yeah, a
0: lot more when you're when you're exercising, but yeah, don't, don't worry about that.
1: Right, right, right. No, that's exactly <laughs> true. Uh, you know, I'm vaccinated. Uh, Everything's fine. Last night my first experience going into a grocery store and not wearing a mask. Oh, you're yes, allowed to do that. I, I was wearing the mask coming up through the parking lot and I noticed a guy walking out without a mask and I'm like, Oh my God, I look at the door door says, uh, something like the honor system. If you're vaccinated mask is up to you, something like that. Wow. And I took it off immediately. And I did all my grocery shopping and I was the only one I saw through the whole store, not wearing a mask, but I saw a lot of people looking at me and uh, I thought Good for you, I thought, whatever, man, say something to me. Cause I'm prepared. Cause I gotta tell you, I'm vaccinated. You're wearing a mask. You're fine. <laughs> right. Uh, right. That's exactly. all I would say. And, uh, but no, people generally were looking at me kind of pleasantly like, Oh, he's got, He's got the guts to <laughs> sort of like that there, guy no that came out that you saw. Yeah, exactly. No one else had the guts yet. That's what it is, right? That's now. the thing, Barry.
0: Yes. That's it. You're, you're leading the charge. That's we what I'm need trying to do. Like you to do this man because Agreed. Uh, and, and be willing to, 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 to have the courage to take the arrows here. Yes. Uh, cause cause the arrows are going to come in the form of, you know, shame. Trying to shame, shame me, thought control through shame, um, <laughs> yes. and uh, and they're gonna give you the dirty looks and everything. But but it's, I
1: didn't get any dirty looks.
0: That's awesome, man. Yes, it that's is. That's really awesome. Some congratulations I'm proud yeah. of you for doing that hey you know the fact is is that and we talked about this last week no matter what they say hey it's all clear it's all state, people aren't going to just automatically take right. their masks off they've been they, we've been we've been beaten down with fear on this whole thing and conflicting stories as well yeah. yeah exactly yeah you can wear them no don't wear them yeah wear we're two <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah now we're two two or three where, where, where does it stop like, suffocate yourself I can't breathe. believe that stop happen. breathing yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> How is she coming I, you know, out two different color masks, the black and the white? I,
0: I've always said this, that one day they're going to figure out that they're going to tax our breathing. Yeah. And uh, it's maybe through this, like, you know, when I started hearing about carbon emissions and everything, well, when we breathe, we're emitting carbon. It's carbon yes. dioxide. Yes. So are we going to have like a carbon thing? Like how tax. tall I am and uh, you yeah. breathe this much a year. So here's your tax, um, Right, you know, but anyway, I'm, I'm going off on a tangent. So well,
1: before that happens, we should really I'd say it bluntly have a fat tax because that's the, the huge drain on our economy uh, in the entire healthcare system. I, I listened to a special on with Dr. Oz and uh, uh, what's his name from the Cleveland Clinic? Uh, Hyman, Dr. Hyman. Um, they did a special a few years back. It was a lot of years back actually but they were talking about the obesity epidemic and uh how it could literally destroy our country economically uh because the core the, the is a core comorbidities that uh, yes yes yeah. come from it especially diabetes and stuff so it's yes. an epidemic that needs to be turned around well but- it's
0: interesting how because it's again back to fauci coming back and saying when after the whole rand paul thing there was a lot of um you know, look over here, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And it was um, him coming out and talking about how the COVID it disproportionately impacted people of color. Mm, and right. um, and then Candace Owens came out Owens, and came out and said, uh, well, here's the thing we're not talking about is how uh, uh, how being obese is a is a morbidity. And among the black population, we've got this uh, Really, epidemic pr- proportion of obesity and yes. diabetes and all of this stuff, and we, we just aren't going to talk about that because that—that's where these people, and when it turns out that that COVID nineteen that's that's one of its favorite targets is obesity, yes. and so, uh, but nope, we're not going to talk about that. It's it's nope. it's really it's just going after brown
1: brown people. So that's
0: once again it's white privilege. Bizarre.
1: Yeah, this is also bizarre. And it's like, you know, I'm seeing here on the Heights, you know how the Heights is. You go into Target and they got mo- obese models, uh, posters. <laughs> <I'm not kidding. laughs> I mean, come on, man. This is not a model. The definition of a model is something that you are going to aspire to. That is yeah. not a good thing. Yeah, yeah. To. That's not the. Yeah. I, I, I understand about. There is a uh, there's a fine line like you don't want to throw more anxiety onto a situation like if people are overeating, it's any addiction. Uh, you you got to do the balancing of well, take heal the anxiety that's there so that they can heal and kind of heal that addiction that addictive part. But there, then there is the, the balancing act where it goes into enabling and that's the tough part. So that it, is Yes. Yeah. So that's where we're at. We're in a total, uh, enabling society, uh, right now where it's, Oh, don't, don't shame those people. They're shaming you for shaming people. And, it's <laughs> that's so true, right? It's a ridiculous not, place where you're not
0: allowed to shame unless I feel like you're in a category that's worthy of shaming.
1: Yes, there you go, <laughs> there you go. It's yeah. a strange place where
0: uh, we live in a crazy world, though. We, we do. It's really, it's kind of right. funny, actually.
1: It's funny in a stupid, sick way. way. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, like in you know, a real like. I feel sad for our society. That we're so stupid. yeah. You're right but, about that. Okay, let's talk for a minute about this after-show concept because. Okay, and maybe, you know, maybe our listeners are like 90, over 90% between 45 and 50, 60 years old. Uh, I know that from stats that I've seen. So maybe that age group uh, isn't like your average podcast listener. Like I am your average podcast listener, and I've been doing, uh, listening to them for so long that I have habits around them. I like right. some shows so much. Like I love if I could get them twice a week. Oh, thank God. That's great. Cause I hate waiting a whole week. You know, that's what I, why I decided to start splitting off our after show and on the podcast, the audio I have been releasing, of course, our, our regular show on Friday afternoons, as soon as it's hot off the hot off the presses. But I wait until Monday morning, 5am to release the after show. So people, you know, if you're like me, and you like going to the gym and start your week with something you enjoy, you can there you go, you're you're ready for that second one. Um, I like that. I well, okay, now we're going to go in circles here. Because uh, with the after show on YouTube, the video version, um, what I do is let the after show come up as soon as you get done with the 050 segment, the after show comes up and you can click on it. Most of the time I screw up the links a lot. I have a lot going on now that we do the after show too. And I've been messing up a whole bunch. Maybe. And I don't know because I can't even get our audience to comment on our YouTube channel. i like will <laughs> send you a text or something on it. maybe yeah, right, send right. a text let us know what you prefer um because basically all we're going to do then is have a 2 hour show
0: yeah so so here's some here's a dynamic to think about Barry is that um you know we we pause the show and then and then we we stop i don't know we don't really stop recording we just pause for a minute and then yes. and then we keep going after so I can that and then you it, yeah. then you split it out yeah. um but here's the psychologically what happens on my end is okay it's the after show everybody's watching fr- that other show but uh, yeah. maybe a few people are watching it. it's more private it's like this yeah, is between is. us even yes. though other people can listen to it so I I become more relaxed as soon as we do that for some Agreed. psychological reason I'm just like okay who cares nobody's listening now you right. know and right. and uh that's what I like about the after show mm. and uh, and I know and okay. it, it's noticeable you're right? you're like, agreeing
1: with me then I yeah, think it, we should it, it's noticeable. Try it.
0: In our in our demeanor, even like we, we even our our body a different show. Is, uh, all right, all right, it's after show. All right, it's a hey, different up, show. Man? What yeah. are you doing this weekend? Right?
1: We have a real format. It may be a loose no format. format, right? Yeah. yeah, we may have a loose format, but we have a format. We it's have a format. format,
0: right? Exactly. And it's, it's not going
1: to change. We like that here, format.
0: Here, here's the other thing. I like what you're saying. I'm. I think I'm on your side on this. Okay. Uh, so. Here's something though, is on my YouTube, what happens a lot of times now is that the first show that I get alerted to from my pop-up for YouTube is the after show. Uh and, oh, and then because- a lot of times I don't actually get the the first show doesn't for some reason doesn't show it doesn't pop up anymore. So I have to oh. I see the after show and I'm like, oh, the show's out. So then I I go in and I I find it some on, on either the site or whatever. Yeah. And then I said, and then I, I wait for your stuff to come out and I just put it onto my social media. Uh, that's right. how I do it. But I, I notice on YouTube and I think a lot of people watch it on YouTube um, that I don't, I get the alert that there's the after show, but I don't get the alert on the, on the other show. And so okay. I, and so you're saying you're doing that on Monday I think that's a great idea, but I never see that it doesn't care okay. for some reason on YouTube. That's not happening
1: now with the audio. If you listen to podcasts on your from your smartphone with a yeah. earbuds in, okay, that's what I'm yes. talking about. I, and Lisa knows, I always am listening to a podcast with my earbuds in, right? That's the one that I split up and I scheduled after show to come out on Monday, YouTube videos different because when, um, and I can change. I, I can change. See, it. I, listen
0: po- I listen to podcasts on YouTube all the time without watching. Fair
1: enough. I do that sometimes as well. Um, but so with the YouTube video, because at the end comes a, your next screen, so what I, tr- what I intend to do all the time is when you're done watching the regular show, not what you just made me aware of, is that I need to make sure that I upload the 050 show first. That's why, because mm-hmm. a lot of times I upload the after show first, so I can get the link and put it into my other stuff but i could do it the other way around
0: so get this barry a lot of people have seen the after show because it's popping up on their youtube feed like that my mom actually was like that was a great show and then she started (laughs) telling me what we were talking about and i was like that was the after oh you saw the after show she was like i thought that was the regular show and i'm like no i mean i'll text you the regular show but that's good she really that's where i found out that Oh, wow. A bunch of people started telling me I really like the after show. And it's because it's yeah. popping up on the YouTube, but they weren't seeing the other show. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. So. So oh. later, I'm glad we're talking about this. Me too, because I'm learning um, stuff here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I did. I didn't know that. it. W- I just thought it was a function of YouTube.
1: Well, but, and uh, then I I say the foolproof method is and I promise it will be going forward is that if you subscribe to our mailing list, because then you get it in your email box, you got the links to both right there, but my links have been screwing up for some reason the last Mm -hmm. couple of weeks Mm -hmm. in the, in the email, Lisa made me aware of that. And uh, I thought I had it fixed. I know how I can fix it. I just thought it's another pain in the butt where I got to go into the source code and visually look at it, make sure that it changes. So I will do that.
0: So when I what happens for me is uh, I'll know that the show is up because I'm getting alerted by YouTube. That that's when I when I, you have notifications, it just, pop, it just on, pops yeah. up. Right, yeah. exactly. And I'm like, oh, it's here. And so I go into my YouTube and then I've got like people on my text distribution list. Yeah. I, I shoot out a bunch of those right away. And uh, and that's probably why I get a bunch of text messages, too, yeah. because they're responding to the text I just sent them. And, I, and anyway, so that's what's happening. That's how it's happening on my end. But I, it so helps. I don't know. I kind of yeah. think. You know, keeping them I, I, also a two hour podcast. I, I don't know if I saw. Holy crap. Two hours. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I, I might. I might be like that. So,
1: well, you know, it's. But, but, oh, wait.
0: One more. One more. Thing. Sure. Go ahead. To Lisa's point, um, I've sometimes had a hard time finding the after after show myself. OK, like I'm All like, right. oh, well, where's the after show? And then I go onto the site. I'm like, what is it? Where? Oh, oh, there it is. Oh, I found it. And mm-hmm. it, so so like to your point at the beginning, if it's hard for me to find it, mm-hmm. it's got to be hard for other people to find mm-hmm. it. But if we just push it to them. Uh, so anyhow, know those are the things.
1: OK, I guess I will also make sure. And you know how YouTube you got your show notes right underneath the video. And mm-hmm. like you, uh, you just read like a sentence or two and it says, read more, you click on it. I put the notes in there. I think I put the after show link in there as well. I will redouble my efforts on this. We seem to be deciding that this is some riveting stuff right here now, folks, isn't it?
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Everybody's really excited about, that, what now. We're talking about. <laughs> who cares about that after show. <laughs>
1: I will redouble my efforts, too. But we seem to be agreeing that we like it split into two. Different yeah, I, I think it feels good. This one, I, I'm going to keep whole. That. I okay. will for this time. See what I happens. Keep, right. Okay. Yeah, See what happens if we get some kind of feedback, uh, consistent <laughs> feedback that we should do it this way, then we will. But even if we do, even if we get the feedback that we should keep it whole altogether, I still think we break we keep it the, break the same way and be like, all right, we're done with our regular format. Yeah, yeah, I think so, too, because it is two different shows. It and we're is, so much it more loose on the after show, which is, I think, great. I got two
0: things before we adjourn here. Mm-hmm. I got two things I wanted to bring up. And the yeah. first is this violence that's happening here in our country against against yeah. Jewish people.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. What's up with that?
0: I mean, it is sick what I've seen, these videos that I've seen in particular in New York City. Yeah, I believe I, I heard a statistic that more Jewish people live in New York City than in Israel. Oh, I'm not, I would think. not 100 percent sure on that. It, it might be I the second so. most populous uh, mm-hmm. Jewish uh, location. Mm-hmm. But um, but here we've seen just these terrible attacks on on Jews across the country, not just in New York, just everywhere. I it is that. it is really, really ugly and um i you know this this whole thing was spurred by what happened in israel when yeah. hamas started lobbing i mean they lobbed something like 1400 bombs into israel a third of them fell on their own people by the way yeah um and uh, and then suddenly uh, the country seems to turn a blind eye to these violent attacks against jewish people and at the same time um you've got uh, these these anti-Asian uh, uh, hate crime yeah. laws that are that are happening, which I mean, I really and there, I really didn't see. I mean, I saw some stuff, but I didn't see where it was anything like what I'm seeing happening to the Jewish people right now. Yeah, and right. I don't hear people talking the same way about Jewish people than they as they they're talking about the Asian uh, thing. And that's just really concerning
1: how this is happening. It's unbelievable to me. It's I I, I think a whole lot of it. it, They explain it very eloquently in the Social Dilemma movie. Uh, And they talk about how. You know, Russia and China and different countries, different countries manipulate other countries by uh, hijacking their social media, posing right. as radicals. And, yes, and it's indeed. just to divide everybody and get them. And they're showing these small countries that are beating each other up in the streets. It's working. It works. That's what is happening to us here. It The fact that we fall for this racist stuff is to me is mind boggling. It's disappointing. It's disheartening. it's making me lose faith in humanity because prior to social media, we all pretty much agreed that we're becoming less and less racist, like by far, you know, not, not completely. I mean, we saw the Rodney King stuff, the OJ Simpson stuff that caused that stirred up a lot of our, uh, racism, uh, underpinnings. Um, But the fact that we are continuing to evolve as a society and but devolve at the same time socially, it's it's got to be a point, a tipping point where we get hold of our new social norms with uh, the Internet and social media, which, you know, you and Rex uh, talk about a whole lot. I, I and I do as well about needing to find that electronic bill of rights, try to figure out. What we do about freedom of speech in this day and age when it, where our freedom of speech is getting hijacked,
0: I, we got to figure it out, man. We do. Otherwise we're going to lose. It's one of those things that we're it's ebbing away mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. um, and, and it seems to be codified in our, in our law. Like we're, we're, we're letting this go. Here's the thing is we know this, when we lose freedoms, we have to fight to get them back.
1: That's a fact.
0: Um, Josh Howley. Put out a book about this uh, big tech tyranny that's happening right now that got banned right away because the publisher said that he had promoted the whole January 6th thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, But that's all a part of this whole big tech conspiracy thing that's happening anyhow. Uh, but he wrote this book on it. I just got it, Barry. I'm I'm excited to hear what he has to say about this whole thing because this is really where the rubber hits the road when mm-hmm. it comes to free speech. Is that uh, these big tech companies have clamped down on this, and uh, there's a there's a gray area regarding the Constitution because these are these are uh, private companies and, and the Constitution actually applies to the federal government. So they even though they are they're holding information that is really part of the government, the news of uh, freedom of speech, all that kind of stuff. We need to be, they figured this out where they can get away with censoring us. And yeah. we need guys like Josh Howley and other people. We need a lot more people like that, that uh, are not afraid to take the arrows that we talked about yeah. earlier. Rand Paul's another one, boy, they yes. threatened him this week. Uh, he got a letter with white powder in it uh, and a picture of him. Know that. Uh, yeah, he, he this week he got a white powder picture of him. Remember, he got beat up by his neighbor and he like broke his arm and everything. So yeah. it's him all decrepit and like a picture of him on on crutches. And then there's a picture of a gun pointing at his head. And it said uh, that they uh, they were, were going to kill him. Uh, some other horrible stuff as well and then there was some white powder they did the investigation I think that's anthrax that they that, that they were afraid of Of course and it, was, they were. it wasn't it was right. it was phony but still, Here's a guy that was beat up by his neighbor over his political opinions and his stand. I remember what happened after the Trump uh, uh, convention, how he and his wife were surrounded by an angry mob out there in Washington, threatening. How horrifying is that? Uh, But this is what happens when you stand for what for the truth. Uh, and, and you get, you get attacked, uh, and it's, it's a terrible place where we are in our society. But, uh, I think in order to be a true Patriot, you know, you have to stand up for what you believe in here. And, and, and especially for the truth, we see what's happening, here. but people
1: have different truths. So that second time you said the truth, it's truth is just a perception. And we well, have different perceptions.
0: No, not, I, oh, okay. We, we, let's debate on that then, because I mean, I could say that this light on is in front of me. Can somebody say that it's not on?
1: Well, not that's in the that truth. case. I suppose well, somebody could. The,
0: the, but you could, but it
1: would be a lie. So there but is. what you're talking about, Merle, let's that's not. That's absolute not, truth. Let's not a, a pull the wool over anyone's eyes here. What you're mm, talking about is different political ideologies.
0: No, so, what I'm talking about right now is. Um, is, is not. I'm talking about big tech and what big tech has done in order to censor people. That's the truth.
1: What big tech has done. In, yeah, yeah they, they
0: censored. We know that. Well, but you're there's saying there's no gray area about that. He
1: got that. He was threatened with the pseudo anthrax over big tech.
0: Well, no. In in Rand Paul's case, it yeah. was be, it looks like it's because of his questioning of of Dr. Fauci. That, that seems to be the timing on this. So, Hey, the guys, you know, asking for the truth for, for his constituents, and he's getting all kinds of really weird stuff. And then somebody threatens to kill him over that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's, that's, that's the problem. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a problem for, for, uh, Josh Howley and what he's talking about, what's happening with big tech and, uh, and the, the, uh, the uh, the publisher says, "Hey, you uh, you were a person that condoned the January 6th riot." That's not the truth. He didn't do that. Um, he's talking about what's happening with big tech and how they have uh, stolen our freedom of speech. That that's actually the truth. That you can't deny that.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I still see it just being political ideologies, but.
0: How can what happened with Big Tech be a political ideology?
1: I just don't. You didn't say. They didn't say. We're threatening. Are you back to the anthrax with Paul Rand? Or Rand Paul. Well,
0: let's just let's, let's one or the other. Pick one.
1: Okay, Rand Paul. Okay. Uh, you you didn't. This seems like a dumb argument, but um, you, <laughs> it really does, and and rather useless. Um, we're we're talking about really particular stuff that does is doesn't mean a lot. I, I, I'm just saying, I think it's more they don't like him as a politician, what he stands for his politics, not because he said a, something about one particular thing. That's
0: my guess. I don't know. Well, we don't know on that one. So you're right. I I could see your point on that. But I was really more talking about uh, Josh Hawley and what he's talking about with uh, with big tech and how he came out with a book about it. And uh, we can clearly see what's happening with big tech yet that's been censored and now he's he's finally got it out there again but that's what i'm saying is if you tell the truth these days you will be demonized oh i mean that's that's what's happening here and and so the truth isn't political right the truth is just the truth um and and politicians can tell lies uh on both sides of the aisle we've seen it and uh, mm. but I'm just saying that when you stand for the truth, you're going to take arrows. We oh, talked about yeah. that earlier is that, yeah. hey, the truth is that you're allowed to walk into the store uh, without your mask on now. Uh, now, the 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 next truth is doesn't
1: mean somebody agrees. Some people might not like that. <laughs>
0: i'm waiting <laughs> They're gonna for give it you a dirty it's gonna look. happen yeah. it's or gonna somebody's happen. gonna say something and you know or and there's crazy people out there that might want to yes. fight over that whole you're thing. Right. So, you're um, right you know be, yeah, have your eyes open to that kind of thing because mm. that that's the world we live in these days yeah uh, okay so the next subject is uh last one I hope. Think, yeah this is the last one do you think that anything is going to come out of this UFO
1: thing that's going to happen? Well, you know what? I was thinking about that earlier by this time next week, we should be, we should be seeing something, something right? Yeah. Something. What do you think?
0: What do you think? I'm excited. Mm, my money's excited, on but I think we're going to be really disappointed
1: for sure. We're going to be disappointed. I think one of two things are going to happen. Now I read that with these kind of, um, uh, articles. How do you say that? What was the demand? Now now Trump is the one that put this into that January. Uh, what do you, you call that whole stimulus package bill? So he shoved this in there. And so six months later, they are to disclose. And that means June first, as I recall. And I have read that they have, they common meaning the government, the, co- the government commonly we'll push this, kick the can down the road and say that there's yeah, all these yeah. delays. Yeah. So that's probably what's going to happen. Mm, uh, mm. That's my first guess. Number two yeah. is we get a couple more grainy videos,
0: <laughs> you know, but why, the- why are they so grainy? It's every <laughs> single one of them. <laughs> I know it's like I the know. picture of Bigfoot. Like why? <laughs> <laughs> Why is it in Blackness Monster? They're using yeah. the same
1: camera for all of these. Right? I know. I know. So I mean,
0: it's as high tech as we are today in the military. Are you kidding? Those are the films that we have. I mean, yeah. come on.
1: you know, I was just uh, I'm not even done with it yet, but I'm listening to a podcast on Rogan with um, uh, De- Degrassi. What's that? That's a physicist's name. Uh, he's hmm. really uh, Neil. Neil. Degrassi something. I can never remember his name. He's really popular. Uh, yeah. cause he talks really like he can really engage you. And, and my God, there's so many things that go over my head, even though he explains them well, and he uses a lot of voice inflection. He doesn't talk like a typical nerd physicist. He I talks like an entertainer. Hmm. Uh, that's why he's so popular. Neil Degrassi uh, Tyson. Okay. Yeah, I don't know this guy. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm surprised you don't. I'm surprised you haven't heard. It. I like he seems like he's got a mainstream TV show or something, but I don't watch network television, so on probably the History Channel or Sci-Fi Network or something. Um, but he he's uh, so um, Joe Rogan was asking him about this, and what his opinion is. He's a big time prag prag pragmatist. Like he's like what you said, why don't we have better footage of, of this right. Phenomenon? And, but he didn't, I was disappointed. He didn't seem as if as informed, like, I don't think this is an interest of his, like he didn't seem as informed as he should be for an astrophysicist hmm. because when that guy came out, who was Trump's department of D- defense or something that came out and said a few weeks, a couple of months ago, about we have this disclosure coming up, and he said, "And there better be some good stuff because we know all kinds of stuff." But he particularly said that we have a lot of footage that is cross media, like what well, not just not just uh, eyewitness, not just video, but also radar, also this, like all of these different yeah, yeah, yeah. types of media. <clears throat> right, and Tyson particularly said that uh, he sounded ignorant of this, that he said, why is it that it's just eyewitness or it's just a video or it's just the photo? Oh. And, and there's a and term that's for not true. it. And that's not true at yep. all. And yep. this guy said it very publicly. Uh, yeah. Trump's uh, Interesting. X thing. So there's, I'll say again, it's not a matter of if there are UFOs, there are UFOs. They are. And there's a term for this, too. But like uh, they change cross, yeah, they, pla- they go from s- seemingly space, but f- through air, uh, defying physics, and, through and water. the ocean, water yes, yeah. as well, without right. any change in its uh, physics. Actually, they seem to disappear when they go yeah, out into the I've water. I've seen the film, right? Yes. It just, what? And we uh, can't it- detect them with sonar or anything at that point. Yeah
0: so it's uh it's it's definitely like there's something, there's something. we don't know what it is yeah. uh, and here's another thing too that I heard is that um an interesting thing and i just got sort of a whiff of this but uh it seems that the federal government knows very little about this but there are private companies that know mm-hmm. a whole lot more about oh. it that the government doesn't know
1: oh boy so i got to go was, i got to uh, go back to this in my notes i've had it here for a while but uh, a long time i'm on your notes um a long time ago uh, it, it's like 1987 Uh, That this, oh, Senator Daniel, I don't know how to say his last name. It's I-N-O-U-Y-E. He's Hawaiian. Uh, Hawaiian Senator. Shadow government. Warns against the shadow government at the Iran-Contra hearings in 1987. He says, quote, there exists a shadowy government with its own air force, its own Navy and its own fundraising mechanism and the ability to pursue its own ideas in, of the national interest free from all checks and balances and free from law itself. I have a link and to
0: that. I think I, and I, yeah, I saw, I just watched that this morning actually, Ooh, really. Uh, Cause I was trying to figure out, Hey, what is this link? And I'm like, Oh yes <laughs> Anyway. Uh, yeah. This is, um, I mean... This sounds very, I mean, that strikes me Ultra as something conspiracy. that can be very true, though. I, I um, tend to
1: think it is. I yeah, realize, yeah. It's not the first time I've heard of this. Right, right.
0: Yeah. I, not me neither. Me neither. Right. And I think I, I, there's just something that strikes a responsive chord in my heart on that. I have no mm-hmm. evidence. It just mm-hmm. strikes a responsive chord that that sounds like the truth, it, it rings like mm-hmm. the truth. It and does. we're going to have to see. Uh, and I think that's why this report that's going to come out is going to be disappointing. I do too. uh, I do too. Because of exactly what you just Mm -hmm. said. Right.
1: And the president's uh, historically all, I had something in my notes somewhere. Um, uh, I don't know where it is, but oh, geez, going back to Clinton, he he reported that he couldn't wait to find out it was. You know, he was always on talk shows and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, geez, that guy. Um, I thought he was a good president, though. Overall, <laughs> I got to say, but he certainly had charisma. <laughs> well, there's, that. there's
0: no lack of charisma on that guy. <laughs> That's
1: a fact. <laughs> uh, so he wanted to get some disclosure on that. He he got nothing. Uh, Trump wanted disclosure. He got nothing. Of course, Obama on a, on a late night program was asked about it and he's Obama and his ego. He was just, uh, Oh, well, I couldn't tell you about he, he insinuated that he knew a bunch of stuff, that he knew, but he was not say, he wasn't going to say he didn't find out anything yeah. either. A, a president is such a transient type. The, the deep government doesn't care about the, the president. It's come and go. You know,
0: I agree. I'd say that's yeah. a it's a too, it's too bad. You know, that, they all uh, want to go to a-
1: Area 51 and get a tour. They I, have like the top floor. All it's a model, it's a stage model, you know. So it's,
0: funny you're saying that. You know what, my brother Scott says is that on um, the uh, uh, okay, so these presidents they have all their campaign promises and yeah. everything. And on the first day after the inauguration, they take them to Area 51. Yes, yes, they introduce them to the alien. He yeah. says, Okay. Here's how it's gonna go. You're gonna do everything I tell
1: you. If not, lasers from heaven <laughs> will strike <laughs> <you> down. <laughs> no, it's funny, but I don't think the presidents know anything. I, no, they, I, don't, I don't. They go they through do. the same bamboozle. I, you know,
0: I, I think it's the the word. The two words are plausible deniability. Yes, and uh, they can't they can't let him know these kinds <laughs> of things. Otherwise, he, he he's 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 a danger <laughs> to, yes. to the to the plot. Right. So. Uh, it's interesting. We should probably wrap up at this point. Yes. This we should have wrapped up ever. a while ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah this is, we've never done a show this long. Is that Thanks, true? Lisa.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: <laughs> it's right. two, over two hours now. So. <laughs> I know. I
1: know. All right. Definitely got to go. It was uh, fun,
0: man. It was fun. Absolutely. Was Love you, brother. Talk Love to you. you too. Th- happy yeah. Memorial Day weekend. Yes, you too. Okay. Bye. Right on. Bye.